Hello, welcome to the Emerald Skies podcast. I'm Jess Seely, and we're here to talk all things holistic health, well-being, and spirituality. On my healing journey, I've discovered incredible modalities and practices that have enhanced my life in ways that I really can't put into words. The thing is, they're outside of the mainstream, and that causes apprehension when I share them with others. So this show exists to break down those barriers, because I want you to experience more magic in your life. I have incredible guests who are here to share with us the wisdom from their niche field and help you feel emboldened to try new things on your own path. Take what works, leave what doesn't, keep an open mind, and I hope you find something new calling for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the Emerald Skies podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Alexis Soans joining me from LA. Um, Alexis is just one of the brightest, funnest um, people, brightest lights that I've met. She's always got the biggest grin on her face, and so I know today's going to be heaps of fun. Um, Alexis, welcome, and thank you for giving me the time to chat with you today. Thank you so much, Jess. I'm so excited for this. So Alexis is one of those people that you're like, how do you even do everything that you do in life? So she's an artist. (laughs) She is an operations manager, I believe. She's a band manager. She has an app. She has an energy healing business with another one of our friends. She's an expert. Well, I would call you an expert when it comes to astrology and mythology. I'm always learning so much from you. And we're not even talking about those things today. We're talking about human design um, because you have so much knowledge that you've shared with me. And I know others are going to learn from you on human design today. So Thanks for offering up your time and I'm really excited to share this body of work with others because it's been really um, useful in my life, you know, to change the way I operate. So with that, I would love to begin, Alexis, just by asking you to share what does a week look like in your life with those 100 million projects that you've got on the go? How do you channel your energy and, um, you know, thrive with all that you're doing? That's a great question. Um, It's been really about learning how to trust the timing of each of my projects with more and more precision, I would say, um, and not forcing anything. I am someone who can tend to overwork and distract myself from let's say feelings in general with work. So uh, if I start feeling something uncomfortable like anger or sadness, I want to go straight into work. And a key has really been to slow down and allow myself to process and um, allow my body to feel at its own pace before I jump back into any project. And I know that might seem like a strange answer because it's um, the question is, how do you get everything done? And it's that (laughs) it's really, um, it's really by not uh, 
using work to distract myself from whatever's happening in my life. And in that way, I've become so much more efficient. Um, It's an aspect of my life that has pretty much always been there with painting. I'm an artist. And um, now it's kind of allowing myself to, like, for instance, with art, I go into the studio purely based on instinct of when maybe, and it's all based on instinct when a painting is done. Like, all I know is when something's finished. I never know where it's going. I just know when it's done. And having, trusting that, that I have with my relationship with painting, with the rest of my work has been hugely instrumental in um, my ability to just be efficient and organized and uh, devote the right amount of time for Mm. each project. Just knowing, okay, this doesn't need my attention today, but this does. Yes. I love that. And I think that I've noticed it in terms of I've become more aware of, um, you know, I've moved this year and started in new workplaces and things and noticing how people go, all right, it's about the outcome. I don't necessarily need to be in an office these hours. I'm here to do my work and go home. Um, because previous to this year I was in corporate offices and it was all about on the clock and things. So that's a real lesson for me this year has been noticing the way that people who are really embodied and efficient and creating really beautiful work, they don't care about the clock. They care about their internal world. Yeah. So thank you. That was an interesting answer, but it makes so much sense. Yeah. And it honestly, this has taken years. I have been, um, working as my own boss for different businesses. I've been a painter. I've been uh, doing all these things for almost eight years now. Yeah, amazing. Seven or eight years. And it is a constant learning experience. I am by no means any expert and I mess up all the time, but it has gotten a lot easier um, when I pay more and more attention to uh what needs what needs my attention mm-hmm. you know if mm-hmm. i if i'm really listening um to the to my businesses to my art that energy itself then i know um what i need to attend to each of them yeah and it takes bravery as well like you're saying it's so easy to bypass and go i don't have time to stop and feel into that emotion but like what you've taught me this year is the void and that's where the magic happens when you do stop. It's kind of like the same philosophy as meditation and people say, I don't have time. It's like, well, actually you need to do it for longer. (laughs) Yes. I love that. And so human design, what a can of worms this is. Can you share with the listeners what is, if they've never heard of it before, what is human design? What is this body of work? Where did it come from? So human design is a really, really cool system. And basically, they uh, it was this transmission downloaded by someone named Ra Uruhu, I believe in uh, 1987, somewhere in the 80s. And um, it coincided with this huge 
cosmological event where we just had more uh, energy coming from the sun than ever before or something crazy. I'm not being specific, but he, he, this download was like from the cosmos. And it basically was a, is a synthesis of a lot of different um, spiritual practices. So there's the I Ching, which is um, a basically like probably the world's first oracle deck. Oh, <laughs> um, okay. I don't know that much about it. I mean, I feel like I should. So that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. And if you are familiar with the Gene Keys, the yeah. I Ching is also based on, is, plays a huge mm. part in that. There are 64 um, elements to it. And just like there are 64 gene keys, that's like the magic number. Yeah. There are 64 gates in the human design system. Mm. So it's the I Ching. Then um, the Kabbalah, which actually I don't know much about that teaching. Um, and then also astrology is thrown in there. So um, it's a, it's a really cool synthesis and based on your birth time, you can see what energy type you are. And in human design, there are five energy types. There's a, uh, there's generators, which make up 70% of the population. There are projectors, which make up about 20% manifestors about 9% and reflectors, which are 1% of the population. Um, the fifth one is a manifesting generator. They are across between a manifestor and a generator because there is a similar aspect to a manifestor, but really they're generators when it comes down to it. Mm. Um, and yeah, you can, every time I've shown this to people, they start reading about their type and they're like, oh my God, I think someone understands me for the first time yeah. in my life because we just, we all think that we have to act a certain way or use our energy in a certain way. And I think human design is actually most helpful when it comes to work. So it's interesting. We were starting out this conversation. Yes, of work it is actually. Yeah. Cause people work so differently. Totally. I, um, I was just explaining that, I need to check in with my feelings uh, in order to work most efficiently. There are some people who do really well on an eight to 12 hour work day. And if they're passionate about their work, want to go, go, go. There's some people who have that level of, of efficiency with three hours of work a day. Yeah. Um, and human design really gives you permission to use your energy in the way that probably already has felt most natural to your whole life, but you mm. didn't know that it was quote unquote allowed. Uh -huh. You didn't see yeah. other people doing that. Yes. They're like, Oh, okay. Here's the, uh, here's the structure of the working world. Go and fit into that. You're like, Oh, but really? I feel like this works for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, cool. And so how did you come across human design? When was it? And what was the aha moment for you of like, there's something to this? This is actually a really hilarious story. So um, I came actually came across it on a podcast with Jenna Zoe, who is a human design reader. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is her. so cool. Totally thought I was a generator. Man, <laughs> generator. 
And I, and then I looked it up and it said I was a projector. So I um, was, and I was literally, and projectors are a specific type that love guiding all of their friends. So, or sorry, I loved guiding all of my friends. They're guides for the world. So in whatever capacity you're in, like if you're at work, projectors, as Jenna says it, are the new CEOs. Like you um, can see the vision of something, whether it's at an organization or business, or you're always working with people in some capacity, your family, and other people are the ones who tend to be the workhorses, generators that carry out the vision, but the projectors keep us on track and can course correct and aren't people that have the generator energy. So when I said people that work 12 hours a day, that is not a projector. Um, they need to replenish in their own space, in their own aura, and they're very sensitive to people around them, which is why they make such good guides because they can really see into others and steer them on the right path. So ideally you would be able to go to a projector in your life when you're having an issue and they would help you. Mm. So I was going along. I was like, Oh, I'm a projector. This makes so much sense. I had all these friends who are projectors (laughs) too. And then I started working with the gene keys. And like I mentioned, the gene keys uh, come from the I Ching. And so so does human design. So there were two particular aspects of the gene keys that needed to line up correctly with human design. And I noticed when I looked at my two charts, it was off. I was like, why am I aligned one on my human design and I'm aligned two on my gene keys? So I double checked my birth time and it turns out I had plugged in my birth time wrong on the human design chart and I redid it and I immediately started laughing hysterically because I'm a reflector not a projector and the reason I was laughing so hard is because I it was the one type that I knew nothing about did zero research on and hadn't met a single person actually had met one person um, but someone who wasn't really into human design couldn't tell me about it. They were just like, oh, I'm a reflector. I was like, oh, cool. You have all these open centers, like knew nothing about it. Then I start reading about the reflector and it says reflectors are not interested in themselves. They are interested in others. So then I was really dying because I was like, this is totally what happened. I was so focused on everyone else and giving them their little mini readings and that I got the wrong type for myself. So, um, so funny. I have to say it changed everything after that because I getting the correct type was mind blowing. I, I didn't think that the projector was that off because I have to say out of all the types projectors and reflectors are probably most similar. Yeah, because that makes like, sense. Yeah. There's a guiding aspect to it, but I didn't really feel similar to any of my projector friends. Mm-hmm. And so looking back, I was like, Oh my God, I should have known. Um, <laughs> but so reflectors, everybody, are 1% of the population. So if I ever pull up a chart and they're a reflector, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you're so rare. 
Yeah, and the interesting thing about reflectors is that um, out of all the types, we're the least similar from each other. Yes. So two reflectors could be like completely opposite. And I met a reflector who I am, we're like eight hours apart. We're, mm. and we're, could not be more different people. Interesting. I just met a friend who's like 12 hours apart from me. And yeah, interesting. I'll have to do her human design chart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fascinating. And so, for anyone who's listening and now wants to go and look up their chart, I think this is a really good time to pause and go and do it because um, I'd love to go through each of the types so that people can get an understanding of, all right, am I working to the way that I feel is aligned for me or have I been kind of out of alignment? Um, so if you go to mybodygraph.com, is that, do you know? Yeah, mybodygraph.com and put in your details like your birth time your birth city it would tell you your type and the charts do look a little bit confusing don't they what's your advice if somebody pulls up their chart alexis and goes like what the is this with all these like <laughs> shapes and energy centers um what's the important thing to look for when they pull up their chart i would say so that website is such a good resource and they have all this reading material that gives you a great overview of your type. So I would read that first. That's what I always send people to. Um, so it'll tell you your type and then on in an information section, I think on the talking body graph section, it also has audio clips and um, just writing that will tell you a lot more information. That's where I would start. Don't worry about what your chart looks like first. yes yeah it's like a rabbit hole isn't it it's very full-on <laughs> totally yeah cool okay great advice so can we do an overview then of the five types so that everyone can get to get a snippet of themselves in this podcast um where do you want to start i mean we've talked a little bit about projectors and reflectors already is there any more you want to say on that or should we start with like generators since that's 70 percent of the Population. Let's start with generators. Okay, great. And then we can go back through again. So, yeah, cool. Um, generators are the people that carry out the visions. You know what I just realized? We have to start with manifestors. Yes. I don't even know why I said that because I always start with manifestors too. Let's do it. Yes. <laughs> it's because it's the easiest to explain for how people work together. Great. Yes, that makes sense. Okay. Take two. So if we're gonna, <laughs> yeah, if we're gonna use this in more of a business context, I'll. I think that would be a great way. To Amazing. Explain. So if you have a vision for a big vision for the world, um, for your business, and you are a manifester, then you are the type that is here to make that vision come to life, and birth it. It's like, you're the starting point. So, um, and then your energy is best, uh, received and your vision will be best received when you inform other people of what you're doing. So a lot of manifestors, they're so powerful and they have so much fire and they can really get the spark going and they can have so many ideas and they can push them through but they can be met with so much resistance by the world 
because people are afraid of their power. And the only way to really work through that is to tell people what you're doing. There's a lot, I have a few manifestors in my life and a lot of them just do things without telling anyone because they can get it done on their own. Why not? But then they're met with more resistance because that level of power to really um, push something forward activates a lot of fear in people. So you can meet less and less resistance as a manifester if you inform others that matter to you. So whether it's your partner, your family, or people at your business that are your right-hand people, just tell them what you're going to do. And then they can help you carry it out. (laughs) And there won't be this um, resistance, this block that gets in the way. And uh, they tend to, when met with resistance, their lesson is to learn how to deal with anger because they'll get, um, a lot of manifestors will get very angry and they have a right to this anger because being so powerful and being met with resistance by the world is extremely infuriating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, but the lesson is how do I deal with this Mm -hmm. in a productive way? How do I not take out my anger on others? How do I, um, not let it go into my head? Uh, and yeah. So that's a manifester. Cool. And what about the energy? Should we come back to that later? I was like, are there energy levels suited to really long days or short days? Is Does that fit in here? So manifestors tend to be workaholics okay. when they are not really in alignment. Oh. Um, they can work like 20 hours and wow. not sleep and actually not get sick and have so much energy. Um, I have a couple in my family, so wow. I, I know manifestors. And, but that doesn't mean it's good for them because yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day, um, who wants to be doing that all day long? Mm. So they, it's really a matter of, um, when you start informing other people what you're doing and asking for help and carrying out different tasks, mm. you, I think you figure out the best schedule for you. I don't, I know about the, I know I mentioned the hours thing before, but I don't like to give a set time for yeah. people because everyone's so different. Yeah. I change mm. up daily. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, Then the next people I want to talk about are projectors, because once you have this manifester that births this vision and brings it to life and puts it out in the world, you need someone to guide it. So projectors, let's say the manifester is the founder, um, the projector would be the CEO of the company Mm -hmm. and they would be able to practically direct that vision and have it interface with Mm -hmm. the world. So there are visions that are so big and we need to ground them in the material realm. And I think projectors are a huge part of seeing practical ways to do that. Mm -hmm. And they are not types who do well with uh, long days. That's something that's 100% true for projectors need to rest 
mm -hmm. and have your time to yourself. Um, also, and you can speak to this, Jess, for sure. Yeah, I haven't said this yet. I'm a projector. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so you'll have to talk about this too. But um, they also, uh, probably the most important thing for a projector is in whatever realm they find themselves in, that they feel they are allowed to give guidance in the way that feels so good to them. Like mm. it feels so good. You, you know, this as a projector to help someone and, yeah. and see, uh, really see who they are and, and help that person step into who they really want to be. Maybe they haven't given themselves permission to do so mm. on the flip side projectors. Uh, I've seen a lot of them have their lesson is about being seen. So they can see so deeply into other people, but it is so disappointing to not be seen in return mm -hmm. or for other people to not take your advice when you see so clearly this would be so good for you. Why don't you just do it? And then yeah. they veer off in another direction and it projectors tend to take that personally mm. and feel that uh, a bitterness and a disappointment that um, they weren't recognized for their gift, which was being able to see yes. how this person is can best serve. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. There's always something with the the gift and then it being turned on itself. So like with the manifester, they have this power that um, is, will only work when they tell other people. And then if, and then with projectors, you have, when you give someone guidance and you see so deeply into them, they have to see you in return mm. in order to invite you to give that guidance. Yes. So that's our, like, that's the rule for projectors is waiting for the invitation. And it's not to say that you can't say, well, I have this to offer, but unless somebody is open and inviting your guidance, they're not going to hear it. And then you're going to be left feeling unseen. So that's exactly. the strategy is wait for the invitation. Yes. And what just is mentioning, there's a strategy for each, um, uh, type so with manifestors it's to inform others of what you're doing and the strategy is just like a quick tip for mm. how to navigate other uh, relationships and energy types and um, organizations in the world yeah so yeah and I will say it changed when I learned this and I heard projectors need like nine to 11 hours sleep a night I was like oh my gosh like this is a thing you know I still am struggling sometimes coming to terms with it but I do I need like nine hours every night and it can be frustrating and I need a lot of space to myself because if I'm in an office space all day I walk out with this icky feeling and I'm like these aren't even my emotions like somebody you know I can feel other people's energies after particularly after a month of time um and about, yeah, I really have learned that, like, you, I would go into a workplace and be like, okay, this is what really needs to be done today, done, done, done. And then other people would be like, I'm so flat out. And I'm like, no, I 
you know, like did that in four hours. Like, am I not working hard enough? But so for me, this has given me the permission to be like, oh, these are my gifts and other people have different gifts to me. And so like, rather than thinking I'm doing something wrong or I need to keep fitting this mold, how can I recreate and reshape my life to leverage and work to what is in alignment? So that's my little... That was the perfect... I feel like every projector everywhere needs to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I've had fatigue. I did have fatigue for like three years and I think that's common in projectors as well when you're trying to work eight, eight and a half hours days. You're just not meant to be. And and that's the thing. You can get the work done just faster. So, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and projectors, it's what you mentioned, since you feel into people's energy, which is your gift, being able to feel into them and see into them so deeply, that's why it's important to take your space because at the end of the day, you kind of got to sort out like, okay, what's mine? What did I pick up on throughout the day? What's theirs? And another thing I want to touch on with the waiting for the invitation thing, I've known a lot of projectors who think that when it comes to everything in life, they have to wait until someone invites them in. That is not true at all. You, anyone can initiate anything. It's just about the, it, it really is like, what is the energy behind this? So you can, initiate looking for a job Mm -hmm. and going to get a job interview as a projector you're not going to sit at home and wait for a job interview or a call to just come yeah like hey i just drove past your house and noticed that like i thought there was someone inside who might be suited to this job (laughs) some people have really been so confused by human design that they think that's the case they think that that is how okay well i'm a projector so i just got to sit here and wait no, that's not it. It's just about recognizing who is going to really see you for yeah. the gifts you have and allow you and invite you in to share that. And so I've learned that say you have, say one of your um, gifts is human design and you want to offer readings for you, building a website and having a book now button, that's allowing people to invite you because they're booking an appointment. So yeah, don't take it so literally. <laughs> Yes, I love that example. Yeah. So um, should we move on to generators? Let's do it. Okay. These people are so different to me. So I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> here we go. The work, not workhorses in a bad way, the magnetic work. In a good way, in a way that everyone tries to pretend to be them because they think yeah. they should be a generator. That's the thing. Projectors can be so, because you feel into energy right you see that the majority of the world is a generator and you yes. think you have to be that yes so welcome to my life for 30 years <laughs> yes so um projectors you are not generators sorry you have other special talents but you're not a generator so mm-hmm. if we have the manifester that begins and the projector that directs the vision the generator sees it through And the generator is someone who can take this vision and bring it to completion, carry it out into the world. Mm -hmm. So I know I was talking about grounding the vision in the world, a projector. The projector isn't necessarily doing the 
work on the ground to do that. That's, those are the generators. Mm. Um, so, and they're ones that if they are lit up by what they're doing can work tirelessly all day, all night and never lose energy. They're the people that when you walk into a room, you get, you feel more energetic because their aura is so big and glowing and inviting and just, and you can literally feed off of them in a good way. You become energized by the generators. So manifestors, projectors, and reflectors are all non-energy types. And the generator is the only type that um, has its own energy because they have what's called the defined sacral center. So there's, uh, if you look at your chart and you see there's two um, centers, like little shapes at the bottom, the one that is second from the bottom. So there's the root and the sacral. If the sacral's filled in, you're a generator automatically. There's no other type that has the sacral defined. And this means that generators have their own energy source. So they don't need to get it from anywhere else. Whereas all the other types need to refuel because they don't have their own defined energy source the way that generators do. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you have a question about generators, Jess, otherwise I'll... Well, I mean, coming from the projector's view again, I'm like, okay, so this is why, guys, so many projectors or even manifestors and reflectors can have burnout and fatigue is because as a generator goes and goes and goes and get more, gets more energy because they're powering, we try and copy that and it just doesn't work. <laughs> that was my... It's how the world is set up too. Like the yeah. world admires generators as they should, but not everyone needs to be them because they yeah. can't they're just not so that's when the other types get into trouble is trying to be generators yeah and maybe could you touch on because it doesn't necessarily sound sexy right like the manifesto brings the vision in and someone goes oh i'm the workhorse but could you talk about how actually they're so magnetic when they're doing their particular thing um oh, they really, really yeah, they really do light up the world when they find their thing. I mean, you said it. There's literally nothing like seeing a generator on fire who mm. has their passion and is going for it. There's, mm. um, and it's interesting that that is something that people don't find sexy. They're like, oh, I'm, uh, I have heard that before. They're like, oh, I'm 70%. I'm a generator. I'm like, you literally fuel this planet. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you think is not special about that mm -hmm. because um, they're clearly the most necessary. Some, I mean, everyone's necessary, but yeah. it's, it's most necessary to have the most of them to be able to yeah. uh, carry th anything out or else nothing would get done. We, like, how would we evolve? How would we grow if we can't see things through? Totally. So, um, and so yeah. what's their um, strategy and what, what do they have to work through when they're, what's the word when you're um, not, not in alignment? What's the, the term? not self. Yeah. Yeah. So the not self for projectors is bitterness. So like when you. Generators, are, you mean? Or. You said projectors. 
Oh yeah. Projectors is bitterness. I went back to projectors. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. My bad. So for manifestors, it's anger for projectors. Yeah. It's bitterness. And for generators, it's frustration. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're feeling this really intense frustration as a generator that, I mean, there's some natural frustration for sure, but if this is a day in and day out thing at work, you might not be in the right place. Um, it's hard to tell because some people, everyone, everyone is so different. So maybe that frustration is supposed to, you know, it's temporary and it's supposed to carry you through and bust through some barrier. But, um, if it's a, if it's been years of just hitting a wall and you feel like you can't stop, but you're going anyway, and you're just feeling so frustrated and Mm. you're just work, work, working, but there's no, uh, there's no passion behind it. There's no fire. Then you're probably not in the right job. And you're the only one who knows that deep down. Yeah. So, um, that makes sense. You've got this yeah. amazing um, energy source, so find your passion and <laughs> let it fly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that doesn't have to be even necessarily career, right? But they need to use their energy. Otherwise, they'll just feel really frustrated at the end of the day. They haven't used yes. it up. Mm. Exactly. And if you use up your energy then you have the best sleep and you wake mm. up and you're ready to start working again. I mm. have some friends that are generators that find that passion and it's amazing to watch. And I love getting these mm. excited voice memos like, Oh my God, this is what it's like. Mm. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> okay. And so manifesting generators or reflectors? Yes. So manifesting generators at the end of the day are generators. Mm. Um, so everything I said about the generator applies. Everything I said about the manifester does not necessarily. Okay. It's just an extra aspect where you have an energy center, and this is getting a little technical, connected to your throat center as mm-hmm. a manifesting generator. Generator, And so their aura is slightly different. They have um, a slightly different magnetic draw, and it's very connected to their voice. Mm-hmm. Um but the best thing is to just uh, follow the, the generator mm-hmm. overall sure. um, strategy, yeah. What I've learned um, that really s- has stayed with me about manifesting generators, and I have two in my family, not that they know that, I've just done their jobs, <laughs> <laughs> um, is that they're really good at managing multiple different interests and projects um, and they can bring them all together. So for yes. a projector, I mean, probably not because we have this limited energy supply, but a manifesting generator can be, I'll take my sister, a yoga teacher and a or orthotist and um, really passionate about environmental activists and she just brings it all together. And before I knew about this, I was like, how has she got the energy to do it? But um, that's really common for her type. And I have a few other friends that are the same. Yes, that is such a good point to make. That's something I've seen in common with actually all the manifesting generators that I know is that they really need that freedom to um, go back and forth between different things that light them up. Whereas maybe I'm sure... Um, normal generators too that don't have like the 
manifesting part have this too, but um, maybe they're more focused on one thing, whereas in general, manifesting generators can have like five things that they have going yeah. at once. Did you but all of them have to light you up. Oh, did you just see the kookaburras in the background? Yes. Oh, I was like, well, it's really nice, but guys, we're recording. <laughs> uh, amazing. And then reflectors, the 1%, the unicorns. Yes. Tell us all about yourself. I <laughs> Hi, I'm Alexis Sones. Uh, I'm a reflector. Hi. Yes, that's me. Um, so reflectors are the only types that are what's called a lunar type. So um, all the other types are solar types, which means that there's this connection to the sun, whereas the reflectors are very connected to the moon. Every human is connected to all the planets. Mm. Like astrology is awesome. Um, Reflectors just episode for a different day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, reflectors just have a particular, uh, I would say connection with the moon. And the reason that's important is because, um, and when people see this, they're like, what? Our strategy is to wait a lunar cycle. 28 days, guys. That's 28 crazy. Days. <laughs> which means to wait that long before you make decisions. So all of these strategies for um, all the types are kind of little keynotes of how to make decisions. Mm. So the, uh, yeah, so the manifester has to inform. The projector is, um, I'm forgetting now the little keyword. Yeah, wait for the invitation. Generator, I have to check. I haven't to respond it's to respond so they see a situation and they go oh i can help there yes yes exactly so um and then the reflector is to wait a Mm. lunar cycle and the reason for that is because as the moon so the reflectors are also the only types that have completely open centers throughout their entire body graph so if you look at my chart it's just white there's no color there there are certain um you'll see little red and black lines that fill in what are called gates and channels but in as a reflector you'll have no uh channels that connect to each other and channels that connect to each other in human design create filled in energy centers which are these places inside you that you can always rely on that energy so for Mm. the reflector you're like okay, so I can't rely on any energy because all my centers are open. Um, But that's why you have to wait a whole lunar cycle because you have to wait for the energy of the decision to kind of pass through every aspect of your body and in order to make the correct Mm. choice. Now, that is not necessarily... That's like, what do I want everything. for dinner? Okay, come yeah. back to me in 28 days. <laughs> exactly. Like, that is not relevant. Like, you don't yeah. need to wait 28 days to decide on a meal. But for big decisions, yeah. um, usually, yeah, it takes me a minute. And um, it might be multiple lunar cycles. Mm. And... Uh, it's funny because there's 
that it, it really relates to what I told you in the beginning, which is feeling into timing with more and more precision mm. um, as is what I've been learning. I think that that is the gift of the reflector is to know mm. the right time when you're really on point. And mm -hmm. each type also has a different type of aura. The reflector has what's called a sampling aura, which means that we basically like all the energy around us in our environment with people we take in, we like sample it and take mm -hmm. it in, but we are actually the least likely to take it on and be conditioned by it. Interesting. So, yeah, so we're completely open, but we have this aura that kind of protects us from being totally conditioned yeah. by whatever we take in through our environment because that is a it's a vulnerable place to be, to be sure. that open. So projectors are the other type. There are, uh, no, I take that back. If you're, no matter what type you are, you could have a ton of open centers mm. and you could be very vulnerable to um, conditioning from the outside world. Mm. And what I mean by conditioning is that you uh, start not being yourself. You mm. start being a generator when you're a projector, mm -hmm. for instance. So yeah. reflectors are susceptible to that too, but the aura is somewhat protective because, yeah. Yeah. And can you tell me the term, well, the way I've heard this explained is the reflectors are like the medicine people of the tribe because they're completely open and they can sample. Like how would you say in the modern day reflectors are positioned to help or guide or contribute to society? So it's very interesting. And the reason why I, the being a projector wasn't too far off for me is because there is this aspect, like I mentioned earlier, of seeing very deeply into people and being able to guide them, right? That's a projector thing. For a reflector, it's kind of a one step further where it's not just guiding you in the right direction. It's, are you ready to wake up to your authentic self? Mm. Like, and that's something that I've been able to see, like who is ready to step into who they truly are. Um, and it's been really cool. I, this is why, this is one of the reasons I, I love human design is that uh, I felt like I've always had this and it gave me permission to do that. Um, mm. But reflectors as like the, I like what you said, I haven't heard that before actually, the medicine people of the tribe, the reflector really becomes the center of a community because what we do is reflect back to you. Um, are you in your authentic self? Are you in the right place for mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. And so it's actually, it's dangerous for a reflector to be conditioned by the outside world because then there's no barometer for that. Mm. And they can, a lot of reflectors can be really disappointed because and I've experienced this many times as I see someone and I see their potential, I see who they are. And then when you don't want to step into that, or I try to help them there, I, I used to take it so personally, become so disappointed. And it was like draining, just like, oh my God, I can't believe they don't it we'll almost did it to me. Like I literally yeah. gave you the path. <laughs> like I see you. I see the best version of you. Like why aren't you doing that? And then 
I just let that go because I don't know the best way like maybe I'll see your potential but who knows if you need to do everything that I have no idea how you're going to get there so like you said at the start surrendering to timing it's like you have to surrender that their timing will be accurate yes and not trying to interfere um so yeah there and then also this similar thing with projectors is uh, about being seen and seeing into people yeah. if the reflector is not visible at the center of the community they will become invisible it's almost mm-hmm. like but there's a way to be invisible as a superpower in that mm-hmm. like you're so connected with your environment and it's like a um, seamless uh, flow with everything around you Mm. but then there's a way then there's this uh I think the other side of feeling invisible is that it it feels like a wound it's like no one sees who I really am and um I'm not going to be able to help people and they, they they can give up like on the world yeah you're like this is what I'm here to do and no one's letting me do it or no one's seeing me for it yeah yeah and i've had the most pivotal inspiring like life-changing conversations with you (laughs) i really received this as your gift and um i guess what i was thinking here is like we all have these innate abilities but like i said to you thank you like your magic and yes you're a reflector but every reflector is different and like we can only really harness our gifts our human design gifts and our natural abilities when we like peel back the layers and do the work and come back to our core essence. And like, you're so the embodiment of that. It's like amazing. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And something that, and something that um, I feel so like seen and so appreciated by you, Jess, because a lot of people would take the whole reflectors being 1% unicorn thing as like, not seeing that I'm a human like everyone else. This is just because I have a quote unquote rare energy type does not make me this like, like I've had people come to me and be like, oh, you're a reflector and want to use that Mm. aspect of me of being able to reflect back to them. Mm. And then they only see themselves and they, and I'm like, I'm here too, but I know that I have a part to, play in that too yeah. I have to reveal myself right so um I haven't run into that in a while because hopefully I'm doing a good job like revealing who yeah. I am um but yeah I've I just I love that you reach out to me it completely lights me up and that that has been your experience like with our mm. interaction so definitely a unicorn so magical <laughs> I have a few more questions, but before I move on from human design, I know that you can go down the rabbit hole, Alexis, and there's so many, um, you know, there's gates and channels and life purpose and personality. What would be the one thing to take away and start as a starting point? If you wanted to become more aligned with your human design type, what would you offer there? Like, what would you say we should do? So I think it's actually so perfect the way our conversation went because I would pay attention to the strategy the most, which is 
wait for the invitation for a projector, inform as a manifester, respond as a generator, wait a lunar cycle as a reflector. Loosely, okay, you don't need to wait. Like we said about the waiting for the invitation and like we explained with reflectors, it's not about like, oh, I can't do this until I wait 28 days. Just, just listen to yourself. I wouldn't go, the thing I wouldn't go straight to actually is the um, authority. I would go, I would just go start with the strategy. Yeah, we haven't even touched on authority. Yes. (laughs) You can do that next. But the thing with authority is that it's basically like, what inside of you can you rely on to help you make these decisions? Yeah. And people, unless you go through a long time of deconditioning Mm. through, uh, they say it takes like at least seven years, um, through just implementing your strategy and just understanding your energy and taking it slow, your authority, your that's not going to be coming from the right place. You might think, you might think, oh, I just had a generator grunt for a yes, but that could really be conditioning from society. So you, it's like what you think is the right thing, but it's not truly from your soul. (laughs) Yes. Yes. There are other aspects of you that can kind of take over and that's a whole other topic, but I would stick with what we said, which is the strategies of if you're a manifester, just start by telling people what you're doing. If you're a generator, make sure you love your work. If you're a projector, make sure you're around people who see who you really are Mm -hmm. and want to receive that. Mm -hmm. And then if you're a reflector, same thing. If you see who someone really is, you have to make sure that you also have to be invited in for them to be able to hear that. So it's similar to the projector. I would start there. Amazing. And I would love to talk about your concept of decolonizing the imagination, which is not human design in itself, but this is so much about being able to come back and decondition and find that true inner self. I just, before we jumped on the call, I was like, I actually have to do this. And I think I'm going to dive in over Christmas. I heard you speak about this months ago and I haven't done it yet because I'm like addicted to social media and my phone. Um, but can you talk to us about how decolonizing your imagination has impacted your life as an artist and just as a human? Absolutely. It's my favorite phrase. I can't remember if it was uncolonized or decolonized, but oh, the reason yeah. I'm being specific is because I took it from someone. It's not. Yeah. So um, his name is Martin Shaw. He's an author, a myth teller, incredible guy. Go find his website, take his myth telling course, um, read his books. He's amazing. And he says his motto is on or on the website is uncolonize your imagination and mm. when I saw that I was just blown away because I'm an artist I need to have access to my pure imagination not um taken over or colonized to use that word by the outside world by other yeah. people and so I had already cut out social media i pretty cold turkey I mean of course I go back on Instagram sometimes to 
do some stalking or I also have to go on for my businesses, but I've deleted it from my phone. So if I need to go back on, I literally, it's like a process, right? Yes. I need to re-download it. I need to log in. I need to post for, let's say, mend every mind that you mentioned. And then I delete the app again. So, Mm -hmm. um, that has been huge for, you know, that was another thing, social media. I used that to avoid feeling deep feelings. Mm. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, whether it was anger or pain, I would distract myself through trying to maybe connect on social media and then you you feel more empty than before. So, Mm. um, but when I heard that phrase, I had already gotten rid of all my social media apps, but I was like, Oh my God, I got get rid of TV because I am a visual artist and I'm watching TV and those images are influencing me. And also, I also use TV to avoid feeling Mm -hmm. and specifically I am someone, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, which is the enthusiast. And I I think I am too. No, maybe I'm a four anyway. (laughs) Oh, we'll have to find out. Yeah. Um, But sevens, cannot deal with being bored. And uh, so if I felt bored or really tired and won't run down, I'm like, I know I can't work right now, but I have to do something. Let me watch TV. It has to like yeah. stimulate my brain. So I cut that out to cold Turkey in June and I cannot even tell you what has opened up in my life. My paintings have exploded in completely unpredictable directions. I don't miss it at all. I don't even have time for it. I don't even know when I was watching TV because I'm like, there's no impulse in me to pick up a remote. I don't have a TV in my house and I'm reading so much more and I Mm -hmm. highly, and and the reading muscle has really turned back on because I know that if you don't read for a while, you can, um, it, it can be a, hard to get back into it because mm-hmm. it's tiring because it requires so many parts of your brain. You have to imagine with these words coming off the page, the story in your head, right? So I think it's actually a really good way to exercise your imagination. Yeah. Um, and I, I read the whole Harry Potter series again this year it. and it was just like, so I was like, I spent days just like not moving off the couch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm obsessed with books. I've been blowing through them because I just, yeah. I can't stop. And also there's so much more entertaining than TV. I'm like, totally. TV sucks compared to this. So, um, but yeah, I, the rewards have been pretty unbelievable because like, what do you find out about yourself when you actually allow yourself to sit with a feeling to sit with boredom instead of distracting you. It's Mm. like the breakthroughs come so much faster because Mm -hmm. when you distract yourself from a feeling, you are just putting it off to another time. It's going to come back and it's your soul wants you to deal with it. So it's going to come back until you do. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have so many things distracting you and bombarding you and colonizing your imagination Mm. you can just feel so much more clearly again what needs my attention today what needs to be addressed and create from that clear place I love it I'm really inspired I thought as I said this morning I was was like okay 
going to do it over Christmas. And then I was like, that's going to be hard because I'll be home with all my friends. But if I can do it over the holiday season, then come the new year, I'll be like, this is easy. (laughs) Yes. And you have to be forgiving with yourself too. I mean, the amount of times I've had my relapses or whatever with Instagram. Relapsing. I was on Instagram. Yeah. And that's okay. Sometimes you have to force yourself to do it because if you really feel the urge, there's probably a lesson in there. Mm -hmm. Like, but if you delete it from your phone, you'll realize that urge is so much less. Yeah. So when you do have the urge and it's rare and you go on, it's not that bad. And I feel like when you, it's kind of like, when you do check in, you can feel more in your body, like the energy and how it takes you out of your center. Like you said, sometimes you have to follow these nudges for a lesson. Now if like I have a few drinks, I'll be like, oh my God, I feel so shit. And I was like, that's why I don't drink much anymore. You know, and it's like, it pulls me out and then I feel shitty, but like, I love the lesson that goes, okay, that's why I eat a cleaner diet or that's why I live a certain lifestyle now. That's a perfect example. Why, how could you appreciate how far you've come and how good you feel if that doesn't happen sometimes? And it's not, it's just life. It's not a mistake. You're not off track. You're just living. Yes. These things happen and sometimes you feel crappy and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And one little last story, which again is not about human design, but I can't not speak about this, is Mm -hmm. Alexis has experienced a real life miracle. Um, And I just wanted to share this with the world because who doesn't want to hear about miracles? And you never know, someone listening might be like needing their own. So this is your inspiration. Um, But rather than me... I pulled it a little bit off of your website, but I might just introduce um, Alexis is friends with Maura, who's been on the podcast. I think she was episode three or four and it's been super popular. She spoke about spirit guides and angels and um, together they have a business, a company called Mend Every Mind. So will you share maybe a little bit about that business and then your journey together to experiencing your miracle healing? Yes, they're actually very connected. So I'll switch the order because it was miracle, then business was born. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. So um, Maura and I met in August 2018, and that year was... It's your birthday month as well, two little Leos. Yes, you too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, so... It was a it was a big year because there was something about the beginning of 2018 in January where I was like, I need to open my heart. I feel like I'm so closed off. I had not, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't have considered myself a spiritual person by any means. I did yoga, but I never had any sort of practice, spiritual practices. I didn't have friends who were into it. Like I didn't have any terminology. I was just new somewhere. I was like, my heart is closed. I have to open it. I don't know what's happening. So I kind of set out on this quest and to find things that would work. And I started meditating and I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I went to a class called Fire Sessions taught by my teacher, Scott Picard, who is also now one of my dear friends. Look him up, (laughs) scottpicard.com. Yeah, we'll put all these names. 
in the show notes so people can go and find your teachers. <laughs> yes, he taught me everything. He gave me Martin Shaw books to uncolonize my imagination. Um, I mean, what he's taught me is a whole another 20 episodes. But yeah. um, when I went to fire sessions, I was like, holy crap this is what I've been looking for. And I literally dropped everything. I stopped doing yoga. I stopped meditating. Um, I stopped doing any, like, uh, whatever I was doing, workbooks or journaling practices. And I was just all in with this um, moving meditation technique that he taught in his class. And so the reason I mentioned that is because then I met Maura and we um, had been to this crystal store in Santa Monica where she was living in Santa Monica and I was in Brentwood and uh, we were on our way to fire sessions on October 1st, 2018. And we checked our, the class schedule and for some reason on class pass, it said the class was canceled. So we were like, oh, we needed this today, this sucks. And I was like, okay, let's just turn around and go to the crystal store. So we turned around and we went to Wonders of the World, which was on Lincoln and Broadway. Um, and now it's no longer there. I think it's gonna reopen on the promenade. Unfortunately, it was looted during the uh, riots in LA mm. this year, which is so sad. Shout out to Henry, love you, Henry, he's the owner. Um, and so we got rerouted to the crystal store and I'd been there once before, just playing around with some crystals. And I also wanted to get one for my BFF Breeze, who was having a baby. And I asked Henry, the owner, what's a good, uh, crystal to get for my friend who's pregnant. And I was holding an ammonite, which is a special type of fossil. And he goes, uh, what you're holding is good for her and I was like oh great and so and then I was like Henry I want to play around with some crystals because I'd never felt this before but when I touched these different rocks I felt surges of energy or like different types of energy and this is still someone who would not I I meditated I did fire sessions but I did not have a quote-unquote spiritual practice like I I was sort of getting my feet wet and I was learning about human design and stuff, but this was the first time in my life. So um, it was still kind of hard to believe that I felt things mm. from touching crystals, but I was down with it. So mm. Yeah, you're I'm, like, wait, these are just rocks. Yeah, yeah. I have friends that yeah. Like, yeah, these rocks. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then I asked Henry, okay, can I play around with something? He's like, yeah, actually, you should play around with that ammonite you got. And so he set me up against uh, the counter and I was just like, he's like, okay, close your eyes, take your glasses off and um, put this ammonite right on your chest, right? Like at almost at your throat. So I put the ammonite there and I was like, whoa. And I saw these little squiggly flashing lights. I was like, that's cool. And then he's like, okay, that's enough. Now hold this. I kept my eyes closed and I held a piece of pyrite. Um, which I didn't know at the time I saw after. Uh, oh, sorry, messed up the order. I held a piece of ocean jasper right after I held the ammonite and I literally felt 
like I was sinking into the ground. Like I was on a high speed elevator that was going straight to the center of the earth. And I was like, what the hell? And so Henry saw that. He's like, okay, next one. So I held the piece of pie, right? And I was like, well, okay, I'm back on earth. Like I shot back up. So I opened my eyes and look around and I'm like, that was cool. Very nice. And a couple minutes go by and I realized that I can see perfectly. And I had worn glasses since I was two and a half. I had strabismus in my right eye, which means that there's um, basically my right eye would float because I guess the muscle doesn't hold it in place. And sometimes this would happen where I would wake up in the morning, I could see perfectly for a couple minutes, and then my eyes would get really sore and my vision would go away again. And I couldn't see the lines on my own hand. Like that's how, uh, that's what, how poor my vision was. It was, everything was fuzzy. Um, I wore very thick glasses from a young age and contact lenses. And, but then another few minutes go by another few minutes and I can still see perfectly and I can read the signs in the crystal store, like tiny handwriting a few feet away. And for those of you with vision like issues, it's crazy to start being able to read without your glasses. Like, so another 20 minutes go by and I'm like, guys, I can see. And where they're just like, what? And I just crumpled and started crying on the ground. Oh. I was like, it was a miracle. It was yeah. the coolest experience of my life. And um, so, I obviously got two of the crystals and Henry kept the ocean display. He was like, you have to get these, like these yeah. are your crystals. And uh, the next couple of days were kind of hard. It was very emotional. And I was also worried about how the hell am I going to tell anyone that my vision got healed in a crystal store from holding <laughs> some rocks? Like, what am I going to tell my parents? And is this going to go away? Like, and I knew it wasn't going to go away though, because I felt this muscle behind my eye turn on that I never felt before. And so, um, yeah, it was amazing. And everyone I told this story to, there was not one iota of doubt or like, no, I thought every time I told the story, someone was going to say, yeah, you're crazy. I don't believe you that hasn't happened one time. And it still blows my mind. Not anymore because I'm like, I've seen way crazier. I feel like there's way crazier stuff now that's happened in the world. Yeah. And I, I will always be so grateful for my miracle that this happens to a lot of people. And I've, I've now met them and I've now like found other people that they're like, oh yeah, magic is real. Like, yeah. So, um, you mean yeah. you've, you've spoken to a lot of people who've had a miracle occur in their life in different forms? I wouldn't say a lot. I would say that... Enough. <laughs> I would say enough that it was... I mean, someone... There's a doctor named Dr. Uh, Jacob Israel Lieberman, I believe, and yeah. he helps people uh, cure all their vision issues, mm -hmm. and he had his vision spontaneously come back into meditation the way mine did in mm. a crystal store. So when I heard his story on a podcast, I was like, oh my God, it happened to someone else. Like, yeah. thank God. And so, um, but yeah, I mean, 
honestly, to me, like uncolonizing my imagination and the stuff I've experienced in my work with my teachers, like Scott, has been, it's just been the miracles are compounding. <laughs> and I'm also, um, I met a, uh, you know, Dr. Danny, a craniologist. <laughs> yeah chiropractor and yeah. Reiki and Qigong healer, she experienced a miracle where her a brain tumor that was causing blindness and infertility shrank within minutes in a, a, a cranial sacral session. So yeah, I started hearing more and more of these stories and just, it's normal. Like I still, I'm so grateful for it. And the magic of that moment has not been lost on me and not died in any way, shape or form. But I'm like, this is real and people need to know mm-hmm. about it. They need to know about the power of their bodies. Yeah. It's amazing. And I am working, not working on it. It's almost like you can't work towards it. You've just got to surrender. But I am working with a lot of different healers and have over this year. And I just absolutely know my vision can be healed. And it's been such an inspiration, your story and Dr. Danny's. Um, and just like, yeah, when you like, okay, I need a miracle like spirit just like gives you the people with the stories that you need to hear to keep going. Like it's so possible. Yes. And those stories, I mean, it's so in line with uncolonizing your imagination. You hear this story of this miracle, right? And it opens your mind. Yeah. Just like what I was saying, reading books, like we're, we're an exercise in the imagination, but hearing them from real people, I've, I've been so encouraged to share this because I've seen what happens to the people. And I, I mean, on a different note, I'll wrap this up. I don't want to get too off track, but you know, I go back for my checkups and I was in the hospital and they did an eye scan, blah, 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 whatever they do. And they're like, okay, so we have nothing to offer you. Like, we don't know how to do, you know, we can't fix this. I'm like, okay. So, and then you like, I'll go from there to like my energy healer. And he's like, your life is going to change today. We are doing amazing things. Like, you know, it's just a completely different perspective on life and connection to what's possible. <laughs> yes. Why would you ever, like, if anyone tells me something's impossible, I'm like, bullshit. But you know, like I was so young when I absolutely, I love that. And I was so young when they, told me this the first time so I spent like 15 16 years being like oh there's nothing to be done and now I'm like okay everything's perfect I surrender to the years that have passed but this is so fix like fixable it's not even that I need to fix it I desire to have a different way of being and so I didn't even know it was it didn't even cross my mind that I would be able to see without glasses ever in my life really didn't even cross my mind I didn't even know like it, it, I can't even tell you, it, it, 25 years of wearing glasses and contacts, there's not one single person who ever said like, oh yeah, one day maybe you won't be able to gla- wear glasses anymore. Yeah, so like, true. No, this is you just me. have them. Yeah. Oh, I love that. you like, bullshit. Everything's <laughs> done. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes. We need to plant that seed earlier in our like children's minds. Don't let anyone tell you. It's yes. Cool. Yeah, cool. And to round up the interview, I love to ask people, what would be your advice to your 18-year-old self? And I don't really know your journey. Like, did you become an artist straight away or did you have a period of, like, deconditioning so that you could come back to 
this, I mean, because to me, I'm like, oh, Alexis is so aligned. So yeah, I'm curious, where were you at and what would you tell um, somebody who's at a pivotal point in life where they're about to choose their future? I love that question. I think I would say something Scott said to me once, which is your time will come. Which is what I have to say to myself all the time. Um, In terms of where I was, I thought I was going to be a professional basketball player. I went to college for basketball. I was making art since I was really little. I mean, the reason my mom knew something was wrong with my eyes was because I stopped drawing and this was before I was two years old. So, but I didn't say, I didn't think I was an artist or say I'm an artist until I had this amazing art teacher named America Bashlia in college. And he said, you are a hardcore painter. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm a hardcore painter. And I I was like 18. So that's perfect. but your time will come so beautiful um yeah like it's funny that you've mentioned the basketball now and like i introduced you as all these things you literally (laughs) have done everything like professional athlete artist entrepreneur so yeah quite remarkable thank you so much for having me jess this was such a pleasure yeah it's been super fun and um where can people look you up to work with you or buy your art or just keep up to date with um all of the things that you're doing in life so i have a website alexissonesart.com um so it's a-l-e-x-i-s-s-o-n-e-s-a-r-t.com um that's my email too at gmail and uh download my app beat of the week that's uh can you give this a plug like because i'm always like how does this work you're in we're in oz over here right so i um don't know that much about it it's fascinating yeah it's a weekly hip-hop competition app where we give out 1200 prizes a week to different artists that are all wrapping over the same beat. So you kind of see, okay, who had the best verse? Mm. And there's a popular vote and there's also like an artist pick vote. Um, but download it. You'll it's really yeah. fun to watch all the videos. Yeah, I cool. Have to, I have to watch all of them tonight before the uh before nine. So um I can see how the competition's going. Cause our it every uh thursday night at 9 p.m pst we upload a new beat and so people have one week to rap or sing over a beat yeah they come back every week because we got new beats for them guys look at how incredibly unique this is like this is what happens when you uncolonize your imagination you have these (laughs) new creations come through yeah and then i manage a band called night talks so follow them too hopefully we'll have new music for you next year mm-hmm. coronavirus kind of slipped everything up this year go and follow them on what spotify apple itunes yes instagram all of it nighttalks.com and then uh mend every mind is my energy healing business that i have with laura who as you mentioned was a guest on this podcast listen to her episode it was awesome yeah go back guys it's awesome yeah, and we do live events and have different um, energy healing offerings. And if you want to work with me, I do something called uh, Pluto Illuminated readings on there. 
And then, um, yeah, I think that's it. Mm. And I can um, say that your Pluto illuminated reading is incredibly insightful. And um, I join when I can the Mend Every Mind musings and meditations. And I really recommend those as well um, to anyone who is interested in mythology and astrology and just tapping into your inner world and learning to strengthen that connection. I always get so much out of them. So thanks for showing up and being a bright light and offering all these amazing creations to the world, Alexis. Thank you, Jess. This was so much fun. Awesome. All right. Bye. Thanks for being with me today, guys. I'm so grateful and I hope that you learned something new. Please feel free to pass the episode on to family, friends, colleagues, anyone you think that would really enjoy and benefit from the information. And if you so feel called, I would love for you to subscribe and leave an honest and heartfelt review. As I've learned, it helps me reach more people and I'm really just all about reaching the right people. So have a wonderful day and can't wait to see you next time.